0: folks welcome back to another episode of biomass we're in the big episode 200 so this is pretty exciting we've been doing this for way too long uh but yeah we're glad you could join us today so let's get started with some introductions starting at the top of the list with Soraya zell
1: hi i'm sariah zell um i've been here for 200 episodes what are you doing with your life that's what i ask myself every Mm, morning in front of the mirror
0: (laughs) (laughs) i feel you all right bait you're up man
1: Uh, Hey guys, what's up? My name is Pate, I am a Florida man,
0: and
2: I have not been here for 200 episodes. Did you get your computer working? Uh, No, I had to uh, switch to the Surface, so...
0: Fun. How's that working out for you? Do you like those things? Dude, oh my god,
3: it's like the coolest thing ever.
0: Nice. Alright, cool.
3: Jay, you're up, man. Hey, this is Jason, I'm also one of the uh, co-hosts here on Biomast, and I have been here at least in spirit, if not physically, for 200 episodes. Uh, and and I would like to uh, give a quick hats off to uh, my co-host here, uh, Pokey uh, Zell, and then Bate, who joined us a little bit later. Uh, Pokey and Bate, or Pokey and Zell, and I actually. Th- you know, ha- we're starting to have this conversation like several years ago now about starting a podcast and and Bate graciously joined us to kind of like open our demographic up as we went for the Justin Bieber crowd uh, you know, a little <laughs> bit later. But oh, but, uh, damn. But, uh, but no, I did want to like right off the top of the show, you know, like I usually have like some kind of uh, a quippy fun fact about whatever the number of the show is. The only thing I can tell you about 200 is it's a good number, uh, good number of weeks to have friends that you meet basically either real or digitally and, you know, sort of have a beer or a coffee and like shoot the breeze about stuff that really doesn't matter, uh, matter, except for a small, small number of nerds, uh, you know, kind of sc- scattered around the world. Uh, so just, uh, that's my opening gambit for, uh, episode 200.
0: <laughs> good stuff, man. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. We've been doing this for almost, Almost four years now. Um, it's it's hard to believe how, how much things have changed and, and how far, you know, we've we've come in, in that. It's been a it's been a real pleasure. So For how low we've sank. How low we've sank, yes. We've had some some episodes I've been not so proud of as <laughs> we like drag the corpse of the episode across the finish line. But uh, you know, we've had some good times and it's been a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to kind of our our actual four-year mark. I guess that would probably come out to episode 204, I guess, because we do 51, 51. and I'll be, well, we'll talk about it a bit, but I'll be out of the country um, someplace cool around that time, so... That, that being said, uh, I am Pokey Draven. I help host the show. I do the Dungeon Crawl series with Livy, and uh, I guess I'm in charge of uh, editing the podcast now and adding the new bumper music, which you will have be hearing when the last week's episode is posted probably later today. So uh, good stuff. But let's get started with some uh, movies. Good stuff. Deadpool 2 finally got its main trailer. What'd you guys think? <laughs>
3: I, it was pretty good. Uh, it, they I, they did a surprising thing uh, in that they actually straight up said the word X Force and and use that terminology. I was very much not thinking that was going to happen. I actually thought they might tease that in the movie and talk about it later because they've they've been talking about an X Force movie for a long time, and that was actually one of the sort of the topics that had been kicked around as a um, uh, a a potential. Sort of Suicide Squad esque or uh, R rated, you know, X Men movie. Well, like even before Deadpool, the original Deadpool actually came out. So that was kind of surprising. Um, it, it does set up a, an interesting sort of vibe in the in the movie of uh, which I think kind of follows the comics kind of well. Is you never really thought Cable was necessarily a bad guy, but him and Deadpool uh, like very clearly we're at odds for several runs in the comics and we're, you know, frenemies is a, is a, is the closest thing I could come up with. And it sort of, sort of sets that, that kind of tone up. And and I think if you didn't know anything about, um, you know, about cable and Deadpool and sort of how they work together in the comic books, you might kind of consider you're like, you're not really sure who the bad guy is kind of thing. Uh, But overall, I actually thought it was pretty good. I'm, I'm, very fascinated to see how they kind of work in some of the uh, sort of secondary Marvel lore. You know, like so said, you bring in X Force, that's a lot of different, a lot of different uh, connotations that you can bring in there. So I'm I'm kind of interested to see. It's actually making me a little bit more hyped about the movie.
0: Yeah, I kind of fall into the group that you were just describing, where I I'm not as familiar with it as you are, obviously. And I always thought that Cable and and Deadpool were kind of you know the power couple, the dynamic duo, so to speak. And they definitely in this. Uh, trailer kind of set up Cable to be a bit of an antagonist. I was kind of surprised by that. I didn't realize that it started that way before it became, you know, what I understood it to be. So that was that was interesting to find out from someone who doesn't know much about the series. But uh, no, it looks it looks really interesting. I also like the bit where they were uh, <laughs> talking about the third film in the franchise during the trailer for the second film and how they probably shouldn't do a third film, which means they'll probably do a third film if this one does well.
3: Yeah. No. I mean, you, you really can't get away get away with that. You know, in anything but like a Deadpool movie, I think.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, for sure. What'd you guys think, uh Bait and Zell? Did you like it? Yeah, dude, the
2: trailer looks fantastic.
0: They had a uh, fantastic number of uh,
1: those those uh, classic, uh, you know, fourth wall breaking comments in this trailer. So
0: yeah, yeah. No, I think it's I think it's gonna be pretty funny. I like the that <laughs> they have still kept the cab driver from the first one, and he's just kind of this <laughs> ongoing, you know, he's just there. He's like, oh yeah, that's great. I mean, you know, it's got shot at and you jumped through my window, but that's cool. Let's, let's talk about life. You know, it's pretty good stuff. So I think it's gonna be pretty solid. I, 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 sorry, go ahead.
3: No, I was just saying like, that was legitimately one of the funniest bits in the first movie was those interactions with him and the cab driver.
0: Yeah, no, it was, it was good. And I, I really do hope they can kind of capture, you know, the same, the same magic, so to speak, as, as the first one. I know they've kind of gone through some directorial changes since the, the production started. And I hope that's not going to hinder it at all, but uh, you know, it, it, it I really do hope it's just as good as the first one, because the first one was just, you know, on point, beyond beyond good.
2: I did have a nice chuckle, like, as soon as the, you know, the first little bit of the trailer, and it's it goes on, it's like, from the studio, they brought you, what was it, like, Devil Wears Prada, yes. and 27 dresses. <laughs> I was like, wait,
0: no, that's, that's not even close to being correct. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. It's like, can they legally do that? Uh, yeah, we'll just sure. go with it. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> <You know? laughs> no, it was, it was pretty solid. I think it's going to be fun. Um, I, I forget, when's the release date on that one? Um, uh, we do all our research around here.
3: Yeah, yeah, not even. That's May like 18. a hallmark
0: of the show. May 18th. So that's actually pretty close. It's yep. that's not, that's not too bad. So a uh, month and a half, I guess. That's, yeah. Nice. Okay. So that's pretty good. Deadpool 2 coming out. Cable looks awesome. Uh, so, Zell, I know you're our resident Tomb Raider fanatic. You went and saw the more recent Tomb Raider film. Is that correct? I did. And what would you <laughs> think? You asked a question, I gave you an answer. Now oh you're asking God. for like details See, stuff. See, he, he put a little too much effort into his introduction this time, so he had to kind of dial it back for this one and make sure it was as low effort as possible. He,
3: he's pacing himself. Yeah,
0: yeah you got to take it easy. Um, I mean, if you look at the waveform for like, the whole show, like broken down by like person who's speaking, like Zell is pretty much silent the whole show. Um, it really shows who's actually talking and carrying the whole thing. <laughs> it, it,
1: isn't multi-channel cool like that? You could see yeah. who's, who's like the guy who just didn't stop talking for like 30, yeah forty minutes in it's the middle of the me. show. Yeah. It's usually um, me. I'm
0: softly though, so I disappear when you truncate silence, but I am still there. Yeah. Anyway, so movie, So yes. uh
1: anyways. Uh I thought the Tomb Raider movie was like it was good. It wasn't great. Um I uh it, it was very closely based on the the you know main story objectives of the the first of the new games um which is uh particularly Himiko's tomb on the island of Yamatai They, you know the a lot of the stuff from the um, game, in a some some form of condensed fashion, is there. Um, you know, it, like in terms of like how good it is, it's it's it gets it deserves high marks for being a video game movie. It's not a great movie, but it's pretty good for a video game. Um, I, you know, take that as as you will. Um, it's probably similar to uh, my take on the Warcraft movie. Not a bad movie. Could have been better, but you know for a video game movie. Um there were a lot of plot changes that were were based on bringing it down to uh a a more reasonable story size for a movie. Uh they condensed to like I think I think she had like half a dozen characters with her on the boat uh that survived onto the island in the game and uh she goes on the boat with one guy. <laughs> There's one dude who's her, who's who's so like six different characters of various uh ethnicities genders and types have been replaced with one chinese guy um but uh he he was well played as well um her father takes a much bigger role in this movie than one would expect um and uh there was a there was a pretty big shift in in actually kind of the how would i put this can I can I do this without spoiling it? It's been uh, two weeks though, hasn't hasn't it? Yeah, I, mean, we'll,
0: I, we'll I think we're, we're okay,
3: okay with this. To yeah. Um. <laughs> so, but, so this is spoilers, right? So you're gonna go a little bit.
1: Of- I'm not gonna go deep into it. I'm okay, just right. like there, like the Tomb Raider game. There's a much more mystical element to, um, you know, the tomb in question, uh, and and they strip the heck out of that. It's they they tease the mystical element really heavily, and then it's it's a completely, uh, non mystical thing in there and an explanation and story. Um, And I think that worked well for what it was.
0: So do you feel that it, so it's sticking to the the story of the game, right? Do you think that it was adapted? Well, like the parts that they obviously had to cut, were they, you know, not critical? I mean, I I always ask this question if they adapted it well. I mean, obviously we know it it has to be, but how well I felt like it? it was, I felt like it was a decent adaptation. Okay. And what's the runtime on this one about, Oh, that's about two hours. That's not too bad. But about average. What would you give it on, like a like a one out of ten? Maybe a seven. Okay, well, that's not bad. I mean, for like you said, for a video game movie, which kind of you know lowers expectations by like three points, uh, <laughs> that's that's not bad. So that's, that's good to hear. Do you think they'll uh, do more of these? Because I know that there's a new game coming out, not soon, but in the works. Um,
1: I don't know. I've I, I was reading that this this may have done well internationally um but i mean i don't know i was there a week and a half after maybe a week and a couple days after after it released uh it was like a monday night and i was like there were like four people in the imax theater with us so
0: yeah yeah
1: and that was during like the prime time 7 p.m showing time that you'd go see a movie so not not great you know as far as how well it held up i think in the second week of of people watching it, but we'll see.
3: Yeah. No, I mean, so, it's,
1: it's
3: good. So Zell, like one of the things I've heard about the movie is that it, I think they echoed like a couple of people I've seen. I know that seen it They very spot on with kind of your assessment of it is like, it was, if you had not used the word tomb Raider in it, like, and you weren't familiar with Laura Croft, you'd be like, eh, it was okay. You know, wasn't bad, wasn't good kind of thing. But what I've generally heard is that the performances of several of the actors was actually, like pretty solid. Like Walter Goggins, a lot of people like him. I, I think uh, was it was Alicia Vic Vicklander? Is that her name? Uh, a lot of people liked her. Uh, her like I guess her portrayal is of Laura Croft uh, significantly better than Angelina Jolie. But there, they just kind of said there wasn't just the story itself wasn't a lot of work, lot to work with for the actors. Is that that's how about agree right? That.
1: Yeah. Um. I would definitely say the story was was fairly simple. Um. The characters were good. Um. There, there was definitely things that they did. Oh, I think a little better in some cases. Um, one of the things that is, if like from the impression of the game, you have a very hard time picturing the Lara they introduce you to uh, into someone who survived on an island for an incredible amount of time with limited to no help. Um, ah, they, okay. they do a, they do a much better job introducing Lara as a character who is very capable on her own. Uh, from you know there's actually a a pretty significant sequence of events uh in london in this movie um and they show her from the first scene as a character who can easily you know handle herself in a fight for example whereas in the game the idea that she can seems a little unrealistic given her introduction um and uh the other thing that i felt was a little bit more realistic was there's there's a Kind of a, a joke that uh, my friends and I have about the the events in the Tomb Raider game. She'll take injuries that would be, like, fatal if you don't receive medical attention immediately. And then she'll continue on for the next, you know, couple weeks without medical care on this island fighting people, right? Um, in particular, there's an early scene in the game uh, where she, like, falls and lands on a... a sticking up piece of rebar that she's impaled on in her like like stomach area right and she just like gets up and walks yeah,
3: off It like kills people
1: <laughs> right right so she, th- there is actually this scene where she's impaled like at the beginning of the game and all the other fighting that happens is before she gets any real medical care after that um they actually managed to pa- have a scene where someone is patching her up in this movie and so full credit to that that somebody had to say you know what no, she can't just walk walk that one off.
3: Yeah, I, I, that's, that's always one, you know, I, like you kind of cl- – this is a classic moment where you have to like sort of uh, suspend belief in movies. You know, like having actually had my health bar below 50% a few times in my real life, I would say that, yeah, that's – I was like, you'd be surprised how much pain hurts. <laughs> like, how debilitating that shit can be.
1: <laughs> well, and, and, and like, uh, one of the things from the game was, like, and, and I want to say this is, like, five minutes after you're impaled through the stomach area. They have you, like, um, kind of wading through, like, you know, waist-high sewage-like stuff. And, and I'm like, yeah, she,
0: she's if she ain't dead now, she's dead in two <laughs> to three weeks. In locked on him. <laughs> Oh man, that's great! <laughs> it, so it, yeah, that's good stuff.
1: Yeah, I, I, there was there was a little bit of that I felt was was better in this case. Um, they did take all the iconic action scenes from the, from the game and fit them into a span of about five sequential minutes in the middle of the movie, which was kind of funny. Um, but uh, you know, I enjoyed it for what it was.
3: Oh, that's good. I mean, it's it's that's generally what most people uh said they, they said it was it was okay, but I w- would you say it's the best video game movie you've seen?
1: It it ranks up there. I mean, I'm trying to think of like video game movies I've seen that were decent. As I said, I thought Warcraft was decent. There was a lot of story problems that could have been done better, but it was decent and it looked good. Um and this movie was decent and it looked good. I, I'm trying to think if, if there's any, any video game movies that I would rank above that. And I, I don't think so. Do you, do you like can you think of anything? No um, top of my head. Okay, well, it was way better than the Assassin's Creed movie, I'll tell
0: you that. Yeah, well,
2: I'll buy I mean, that. that's not hard to do.
0: It's tough when you're you're saying something that is the best of a certain genre when it's okay, and that's the best that the, the genre has to offer. I can understand why that's a lot. That is
3: that's legitimately one of the things that's always puzzled me because there are some some there, you know, there's a lot of video games out there that just have like some phenomenal material to work with, but nobody's really been able to translate it. Um, I, well, at least not on the live screen. I've seen some video or some uh, either manga or, or correction anime or uh, sort of digital. Slash comic or animated renderings that, that were pretty good of a couple of them. Uh, I yeah, I don't know. Having not seen this, and I kind of take it sounds like it's definitely the best Tomb Raider movie for sure. I I really dislike the Angelina Jolene ones, frankly. Does um, what was that one that we what they did? Um, yeah, it's probably better than Silent Hill. That was that would have been a decent. That would have been a good B grade horror movie. That wasn't great though. Uh, I'm trying to think about those movies. Yeah, I mean it was okay. I mean, had Sean Bean in it. Um, I can't think of. Did he die in it? Probably. Uh, I don't think any (laughs) of the Resident Evil movies. Oh God. Were yeah, those were pretty. Those are beyond bad.
0: Yeah, they're terrible.
3: Yeah, I don't know. I can't. I don't know that I could think of one that was. You know. Well, actually, you know, uh, the Jake Gyllenhaal Prince of Persia one was actually. If you go back that. That actually still holds up
0: a little bit. If you go back and watch that, uh, it's, not, it's not bad. Was it the Santa time one? That was, that was yeah, decent. Yeah, it was, mm-hmm. yeah that, that was passable. I wasn't super familiar with the game, but just seeing yeah, it from I, I, the movie I perspective. I saw that. That was yeah. okay. It was fine. Which is funny because it's kind of along similar lines of you know, diving through um, ancient ruins and that sort of thing. But yeah, good stuff. So, uh, Zell, they also have a new trailer that came out for the next Tomb Raider game, right?
1: it's a really short teaser yeah it's it's like a teaser for a teaser it's like 15 seconds it's like it's coming um what was great was uh they uh said they said like a week ago they're like we're gonna we're gonna announce the release date tomorrow and then somebody like view sourced the the website and it's like oh this it's coming out on like september 14th (laughs) They, they, they tried to make like this tease of when when it was coming out and and uh it it failed. They they were
0: bad. It's because gamers ruin everything, no matter what you do. That's true. That's, That's true. true. We're terrible people. Uh, no, so that, that should be interesting. Is that one you're going to probably um, be salivating over and then not pick up for a year after it comes out? Oh, no, no, no! I'll buy it. And then I'll just go buy it and not play it.
1: Remember, I own own Rise of the Tomb Raider. I have the collector's edition level of it that was like, I spent like $90 on Rise of the Tomb Raider and I have not played it yet. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Okay. I actually, I I, I demonstrated a little bit better control with, um, I've never finished uh, Watch Dogs, but I really was enjoying it. And I was going to buy Watch Dogs too. And then I was like, I still haven't played Rise of the Tomb Raider. This game's going to be 10 bucks by the time I'm ready to play it. Let's just hold off. And that's what I did. And I still haven't bought Watch Dogs, too. So I'm proud of myself for that one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Some of us actually do play games on the show, just so you're all aware that. You know, like me and Jay and I think they play games. Zell thinks about mm-hmm. them and he buys them. But playing is sometimes not quite on the roster of the to-do list. No I pokey, actually pokey. only
1: play like one or he two games is what it comes down
0: to. Games. Oh, that's right. He, <laughs> he is the Star Citizen guy. He's an investor, not a gamer. <laughs>
3: money, yeah. money, 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 money.
1: Yeah, and since, since we brought that up, um, uh, I'll just insert in here that uh, 3.1 is coming out soon. I think they've said it's going to go to the test servers shortly. Um, and they have like five new ships that are going to be ready to fly at that point. That have been, you know, announced, purchased, sold, whatever, within the past year and a half or so. That are are finally ready to be played.
0: Hold on. So people buy ships. They don't get to actually get the ship for a year. Yes. Yeah. That's oh, how this works. Okay. So all right. So so what they do
1: is they is they have uh, the concept sale, which is we drew it. And we decided how it's gonna work and we set a price tag on it. And then people buy the ship and then they make it.
3: So holy shit. Whoever's in charge of marketing
1: there has got it down.
3: Fucking genius. They need to like start and, teaching this at Wharton Business School.
1: So what they do is 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 to ensure that it's appealing to buy it up front is things like lifetime insurance are only on the initial concept run of the sale. So if you buy it when the ship actually comes out, you don't get the uh, quite as nice. See, There's a couple like little add-on perks, like a little virtual ship model and a poster that you can only get if you buy it up front. Um, yeah. And and I think they say that you'll never be able to get the same price on the same quality purchase like the second time something goes on sale. So
0: Scarcity is the best marketing ploy. Jesus. And they use it. Yep. Holy well, crap. Like, I'm just I'm we, just amazed that the turnaround time is that long on those purchases.
1: I, I mean it depends. Like
0: they're basically they've... doing
3: an internal quick start is what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah, it is. And I mean there, there the timeline varies. Like one of the ones that's coming out uh, is the Razor, which is a, a small little race ship. That's probably I want to say that was maybe six months. Um it depend like, but one of the ships that they've uh, that's coming that's really large is is been out there for a while. Um, and so it depends, you know, they'll, they'll push like single seat ships that they can just cook up and ship out really quick. Um, but then some of the larger, more expansive things, I mean, there's one of the ships that I, I, I did purchase. Um, I, 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 think that was like two, three years ago now at this point. And so, you know, they'll announce a new ship and be like, but what about my ship that I bought? Um, and, and that's, yeah. Um, yeah. I had a train of thought. It's gone. It <laughs> it's left all right, me, man. Me like me like, me most, of, me like me most
3: of the money you give of the to Chris money Roberts.
0: <laughs> oh my god!
3: Oh. You know, um, I think well, I actually saw Chris Roberts uh, in a movie. Uh, literally, uh, probably two or three weeks ago. It was. That movie with Tom Cruise about the guy that started the cocaine traffic from South America to to the United States. Oh, uh, I'm pretty made. sure I'm pretty sure he was in one of the scenes where guys were walking around with like, you know, uh, small scoops full of blow and just like, yeah, that's that's funny. Like I snort, just, snort <laughs> up like you know, making it rain for hookers. They called right. call oh, no, space wait. dust. Yeah. That's... <laughs>
1: I actually watched that movie last week. Um, that was decent. Was it, was it good? It was decent.
3: It was all right. It, it was. I've seen better iterations of it, but. Yeah, you know
1: it, it is kind of like that's a story that, that is like a a realm of storyline that has been tread on by so many movies at this point um but uh oh so the my train of thought uh briefly had been uh pokey you mentioned scarcity is the best marketing ploy um that's how they that's how they sell the multi-thousand dollar ships is that they they sell like a limited run of like a hundred of them
0: <laughs> oh only a hundred people can buy this hundred thousand 000- dollar Pixel ship, okay. Yeah. I must buy this immediately. This is yeah, an important investment they, in my future. I could buy a house, and, but why and buy it, a house and you could buy a spaceship?
1: <laughs> and it got really funny when there were like like the third or fourth time they tried to do that with one of their ships. And like – you know, because initially what they'd have is they'd say that it's going on sale at this time on this day and it'd sell out in like seconds. You know? And then later they would try the same gag and you'd be able to go there like a week and a half later and there's still like a couple hundred of them left. And it's like, yeah, the scarcity thing's kind of wearing out by this
0: point. <laughs> oh, my God. That's, that's impressive, man. That's uh, good stuff. You know, like, like I said, we always give you shit for it, but I'm always fascinated by everything that they do and how the fact that it is working when everything in my you know logic box is saying this shouldn't work, but it still does. So, you know. Obviously, they know something I don't, and it's always impressive to hear about it.
3: I, I tell you what, they, you know, in terms of, like, that, I guarantee there's got to be some fantastic Netflix documentaries that could be planned around this kind of stuff. Because it's amazing how you see this, how, like, a game that's basically will, will for all intents and purposes, just stay in development forever uh, and then make a lot of money is what it's going to end up doing. Uh, total, Total side note that I was just literally what I was thinking about when I said that. There's a uh, there's a, a documentary you can see it on YouTube that covers uh, digital imagination uh, that guys do Warframe that is absolutely fascinating. This it, is on it, YouTube. Yeah, okay. it, it is a fascinating documentary. I think it's like six. It's in six parts, um, but it, it goes into a lot about how Warframe frame was developed and and like how it's become this. It's literally one of the top ten games played on Steam month in and month out for like quite some time now. It, it's incredibly popular, but nobody talks about it. Uh, but I, I look at a game like that, which is a free to play model that routinely gets accolades for how it works. The, the, the respect for time and the need for profit balance. Uh, they, they get a lot of props from the community and most people, most professional like um, reviewers. And then, you know, I'm just, it's like, in a weird way, it's like that, the anti, you know, it, I think, I think Star Citizen is clearly in a category of its own. I, I can't think of any other game property that functions like Star Citizen, you know, but it's a lot of people compare Warframe to any of the, you know, like a lot of the EA offerings have come out or Destiny offerings come out in the last year as just like the example of how not to do things or, or like how, like using Warframe as an example of like, this is how you guys are doing it. Why don't you do it like Warframe kind of thing? Um, it's it's phenomenal. But you guys really ought to check that out on YouTube because I'm I was sitting here watching part of it today. I've gotten through probably about three three or four little episodes of it, and I am every time I hear Zell talk about um, you know Star Citizen, which the concept of the game in and of itself is truly fascinating. But it's 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 you've heard it in a lot of other places. But the but it's for me it's I'm far less interested in the game than I am watching the development and the, just the the economic niche that the game now now resides in I'm more interested in that than I am the game itself by far at this point
0: yeah, I'll be sure to check out that warframe one too though because like i i played warframe religiously for for several years um and kind of just i stopped playing just because i was doing other things and never really got back to it but you know talking to people now who pick it up the the comment i always hear over and over again is i can't believe this is free yeah, um because absolutely. the the quality like years ago when i was playing it it was easily a, a what you would expect out of a 60 game in terms of content quality um the microtransactions were not you know, force. They felt very natural. You felt like I want to spend money on this because it's a high quality product. Um, and just seeing where it's gone since then, um, it's overwhelming to me because it's 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 changed so much and evolved so much that it's kind of daunting. There's so much content, but you know, just looking at it now, the quality has only increased since then. Um, so yeah have Have you looked at it like recently? I, I I took a look at it when the plans of Eidolon came out, um, the, yep, open, the world thing. open world thing, and it was just like, really good. Holy crap! Like, like, so I, I read I, I saw this. I was catching this like uh,
3: from a couple of my other feeds on YouTube, like some different uh, like you know like kind of Twitch streamer type guys I look at, and Skillup who does like some phenomenal work. He's a British yep. guy, a yep. great 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 channel on YouTube to check out. He uh, said, "Hey, like I've tried I tried Warframe out like years ago." And it was me, it was, you know, kind of okay, but it just wasn't for me. And a lot of people kept, he said in a lot of his streams, they kept mentioning Warframe, 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 you know, like particularly in terms of things like Division or Destiny, you know, in those when he was doing streams of that, everybody kept saying, Yeah, like they should do it like in Warframe or whatever, or using references like that. So he re-downloaded it here fairly recently, about three or four months ago. And uh, it like I tried Warframe probably right as dust ended and i was like looking for like a new fix or something and i just i couldn't get into it it just wasn't it didn't feel right and it's very complex like you you there is no like you really got to have your shit together to to get into that game it's it is a a big time grind fest um but and it was okay so i kind of had a similar view of him but then he he starts going into like this game is totally different than what i thought and it they've had like 20 so 30 some odd major DLCs that come out that have been free and like hundreds of bug, you know, like smaller micro fixes and patches that have come out, balance fixes and things like that. Uh, and I downloaded the game about two weeks ago to check it out. It is phenomenal. Like it, like you really have to, you, know, you got to like that kind of game. It's all, it's a third person, very fast moving action game. It is, uh, it's a looter kind of RPG on the level of Diablo in terms of like loot and resource management. I mean, it's so it's, it's, it can be as engrossing as you want it to be. Uh, And their, and their transaction model is actually really, really good. I Like I started digging into it over the last week or so, just checking it out. It it is a real model of what you want a a free to play game to be. And, and straight up, like I would, I would have, like you said, I would have easily paid full price, 60 bucks for it, you know, in the state it, you know, clearly in the state it's in, it's it's probably where you would see a $60, $60 game with about $140 worth of DLC hung on to it. Easy, easy.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's like, like you said, it's that model of like, this if every game did this the quality of stuff we'd be seeing would be so out there i mean it's the way that it feels is kind of the polar opposite of like battlefront 2 where you feel like i have to pay, pay money to succeed in a paid game whereas warframe is like i want to spend money in this free game because the quality is so up there and like I said, that was my opinion two years ago it's Obviously, well beyond that, and I totally believe your your review of that, Jay. That I'm, I'm sure it's fantastic. So, you know, oh, you know
3: what what I caught on that one was the the interesting thing is they really do have a good balance of, like I said, kind of respecting your time as a player, yep. and then and and rewarding you for it, and then figuring out how do you incentivize people to buy things. It, there are no paywalls, and they're they're not. I have not found one nor heard of anybody talking about a paywall. And you can pretty much get anything you want in that game. And the way they do the social aspect of the game is phenomenal. Like I wish, like I wish, any social like co-op oriented game would model themselves off Warframe. Uh, like if they had done like Dust, or if they would do Destiny similar to the Dojo system, and you know, which is this incredibly so cool. complex, so cool. know, system in the game, like social system in the game. Like, we really could. We could probably do a show on Warframe one day if we we thought about it. That'd be a, that may be something we want to look at when you mark down on the uh, virtual whiteboard as something to look into, like kind of a deep dive on Warframe, but without going too far tonight. But that's, that's a cool, that's a cool game to look into.
0: Yeah, for sure. No, we'll we'll write that down and we'll maybe uh, re-approach it in a few weeks because it's a very fascinating thing. I'll have to watch that documentary first because that that would be really interesting to see. I mean, just knowing a little bit about the history of the company is fascinating. It'd be good to see something a little more, uh, you know, officially made. So it should be good. Uh, So moving along real quick here. uh, Zell Overwatch, uh, came out with a new feature to, from the sounds of it, avoid griefing, I think is kind of the direction they're going with it. Um. So what they were explaining was that they kind of wanted, like,
1: they. there are times that you report someone because they've violated the, you know, the, the rules of, of the game and the community, uh, but there are other times that you just don't want to play with someone, um, because they've had a lot of issues where people will report a player for only playing one car- one hero or for incess <laughs> or the opposite, and actually the one that they talk about in this case is where someone is constantly bugging someone to switch characters and and it's you know you're playing the character you want to or feel you should be playing and someone is giving you a lot of credit about it maybe not in a way that violates the terms you can't really report them but you just don't want to play with them right now um so they're uh, employing this avoid as teammate feature um, which is is interesting and in how surprisingly limited it is because you 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 hear that and you think it's like a soft block list you could just start adding bad players to people you don't like, people you never want to see again. Um, but that's not what it is, is uh, you can only have two players uh, marked as avoid as teammate at any given time, and it will only avoid them for a week. So it's a it's a very self-clearing process, and you, you can only use it, you know, selectively. Um, so kind of an interesting system that they're doing there, and uh, they've actually pointed out and I you know, you understand why this you can't just let people just add an endless number of people to this list because it's very hard for matchmaking to work around a complicated list of these people can or can't play with these people because they don't like each other. Um so they've got this this week long limit on it. You can re-add people to it, but you'd have to you you know constantly handle that with a, you know, specific users and you can only have two at a time. Um, but then the other feature that they put in is that it's going to tell you if a lot of other people are marking you as a void as teammate.
3: And (laughs) I like it.
1: (laughs) That's not a block behavior. Like there's nothing you can. That's soft
3: social engineering. (laughs)
1: Right. It's not something you can do that you change or react to it. It doesn't necessarily punish you. It has, you know, the, uh, they said that, if a lot of people are marking you as a as teammate, it's actually get your matchmaking times may go up just because the matchmaker is having a hard time finding a team to put you on. Um, But, you know, the only thing you have to do to, you know, correct your, your you know, is to figure out why people are, are wanting to avoid you and, and try to correct
0: it. <sighs> Well, and that's something you'll see a lot with not just gaming, but people in general. And I always remind people, I go, sometimes the problem's you, <laughs> not everybody else. So if, you know, a ton of people out of the two, the two people they get to pick to avoid, and a lot of people are picking you out of the two in the whole world that they don't want to play with, the problem's probably you. <laughs> um, that's that's really interesting. I'm, kinda, I'm curious to see how this will uh, pan out and if people will like it or not.
3: I kind of like the idea.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's something I never considered before, but I was kind of looking briefly into it. I was like, oh, that's that's actually kind of interesting. So that's cool. I, I'm really curious to see how that plays out.
2: Well, and like, I think the best part of it, it sounds like, is that it tells you that whether that's, I don't know if I just missed Zell saying it, but whether that's like a notification when you get added or you it's something that you have to like search out yourself.
1: You'll only get notified of it if it's hap- if if it's a lot. Like if one per you're not gonna you're not gonna be playing a match and then all of a sudden you're gonna get a notification, you know, you a user just marked you as as a void. Oh, okay. It's yeah. if you get if a lot of people are marking you as, as a void, the overwatch overwatch is gonna be like just an FYI people don't like you. <laughs>
2: Is there a way to check it before you get
1: the notification? I don't think so. I think it's just one of those, like you'll get a, you'll probably get a heads
3: up screen of some sort. It wouldn't surprise me if there's something like embedded in one of the, in like the, cause if you look in the social, like in your, like your stats kind of, kind of page, it's actually pretty deep. It gives you a lot of information. It wouldn't but, surprise me if there's something embedded in there, though.
1: Well, I think the, the big thing is they wouldn't want to uh, divulge, you know who it is, so yeah, I don't you know, think if, they'll do if, that, yeah. If, but mm-hmm. well, the problem is if you're playing a game and one you're you've got you've had your little snit chat with one one guy, and then you find out afterwards that one guy has marked you avoid his teammate, you're gonna know who it is,
3: yeah. I don't, and, I don't, I don't think, and I don't think they, they want to do that, that yeah, so I don't think they'll do that, but I think it would you could see like a there, there could be like a ticker like in like one of your like one of your stats pages of like. Hey, how many how many times have have you know how many avoids do you have this week or how many you know lifetime avoids or something like that? I could see that. The unfortunate thing with any time you put a number or a score on it, there'll be some jackass that will like want to see how high he can get his number. Yeah,
1: and I, I think uh, Blizzard is aware of that sort of tendency, and I think they probably lead to avoid that sort of stuff. I, I I have a feeling it really is just you know a pop up once it becomes a problem that they'll let you know um, because then there's, there's not really ways to engineer it or game it.
3: Have you like a semi-related note? Uh, did you guys see the uh, the article broke like the um, uh, sort of the, the, the code of conduct uh, has been kind of got leaked out on, on the web for the I, Overwatch League players? You
1: know, I saw that and I marked it as something to read so that we could it, talk about. And then
3: I didn't do it. It's pretty, it, it's, it's pretty deep. <laughs> Like they're not messed around. There, it's it basically it's it reads kind of like it like most EULAs do that nobody ever reads when they sign onto a game. It basically says you can be banned for anything we don't like. <laughs> but oh, it, dude, it, goes, look- it goes into great detail though to talk about uh, or some level of specific detail to talk about like effectively like what I would refer to as like Dota behavior like like kind of toxic. Pro gamer behavior—it really addresses that because it, it tells me that they're taking the image of Overwatch League as a as a, as a premier you know esports offering very seriously.
1: Yeah, and they have uh, significant limitations on what type of companies that yep. they they can't yep. can or can't accept sponsorships or marketing affiliations with. So, uh, no porn sites, gambling, or casino companies, distributors of tobacco, hard alcohol, uh, marijuana, uh, non-Blizzard games. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, there Opportunity Vice. Uh, uh, like, I can't
3: remember it but uh, Condom Depot actually they they <laughs> would they sponsored like a bunch of pro gamers for a while as well as like a bunch of MMA guys for a while and that kind of that that's gone away. But there was also uh, I think it also says that if you're like a lot some of the, a fair amount of these people are, are the, of the pro gamers are also like content creators on YouTube and Twitch. And it talks about the limitations they have in their own streams or their own content that they can do, too, I believe. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, wow. it, it like they can't like basically they can't set up a competitive uh, activity in terms of um, like they can't like show films of like, you know, the Houston Outlaws Overwatch team. And you're one of the one of the players on it and you have your own like Twitch stream with it. Like you've got, to, I think you, they, they force you to separate some of your content, which actually is, is very similar to how like most pro sports do it. Like the NFL, NBA, NHL, all those guys, the NFL certainly does. Like they have very, very, very specific rules that the play in terms of how content is used, like how official league content is used, uh, you know, what the, the players can have access to it and use for their own purposes.
0: No, I think you you hit the nail on the head when you said that they're taking it very seriously and that the image of the Overwatch League as a whole is extremely important to them and they are not going to let anyone do anything to mess that up for them because they've probably got a pretty good thing going here.
1: You kind of got to wonder if like we're going to find out that like they hired some dude who's actually like a major like a major league sports dude who came up with a lot of the stuff that they've really
3: just pulled from
1: it from like straight up experience. I
3: could absolutely, I, I could, well, I'll tell you what, here's, you know, if they didn't do that, I guarantee you, if they, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if Blizzard like had a couple of people like, Hey man, go talk to like NHL and NFL and stuff like that. And just see like how that, you know, like do some fact finding for a few months. I, it would not surprise me in the least that they've done that.
0: Yeah, no, I'd buy it. I mean, you don't want to, we talked about it before, but just how they're kind of playing this like a sporting event, they're going to, you know, draw off that experience. And I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if that was the case. But yeah, that's pretty good stuff. And I think the Overwatch League is a, a good topic to kind of continue on in, in the coming weeks as things unfold and new seasons come. It's it's all very interesting, and I think it uh, it's good to follow, even if you aren't a... Uh, a player of overwatch i think it's it's interesting at the very least to kind of see how they handle it because it does kind of mark uh esports in general but just kind of being taken to this level is you know something that could be a very real you know future for the way things are going so it'll be good to see if blizzard is successful in kind of pushing this as a viable you know mass market media sort of a solution for people that are interested in that sort of thing so it should be good uh, so moving along here, so it's probably like a month and a half ago. I think we talked about Epic Games and how they had shut down the game Paragon. So kind of as a quick quick recap. So Paragon was kind of a third person uh, MMO uh, or MOBA, rather. Um, you know, kind of like you're you're running your character around, you're guiding. You know. Uh, what do they call them? Uh, minions down the lanes to try to attack towers and take out the enemy base. You know, you've you've seen it all a million times, um, and it was unfortunately not doing very well, and it just wasn't producing the kind of results that they wanted. And so, Epic said, "Hey, you know what? We are shutting the project down. But if you want a refund, just go to this link, and we will give a full refund to anyone that you know asks for it." So pretty much, they took the game at a hundred percent loss. They just said, "You know." we are going to make no money on this and we are just going to eat the cost of all the production and, you know, that's that. And then they reassigned a lot of the developers working on the project over to Fortnite Battle Royale, which we'll talk about in a second. But for all intents and purposes, uh, Paragon was gone and dead. So in, in this last week here, Epic Games, this, these are the guys that make the Unreal Unreal Engine, so you're probably familiar with the stuff that they, they produce. They released the Paragon assets, so all of the models, textures, sounds, shaders, everything that was in that game is now free. So (laughs) crazy. Yeah, like there's crazy a lot of stuff And Paragon was a sexy game. Like it was really good looking and all of that stuff is now available to anyone. If you go to the unreal um, marketplace for free an entire game worth of assets for free, for whatever you want. Because all, all the stuff that's in there, you can use with the Unreal Engine for whatever project you're working on. And Unreal Engine is free to download, mind you. Um, there's a, a a royalties plan if your game makes over a certain amount that you pay to Epic, but you can play around with this stuff for free, even if you just want to you know mess around for your own hobby. So that's huge. Like They are really taking this at a total loss, saying we're just going to give it away, like everything. Really, really interesting. I did not expect this at all.
3: Well, I wonder. I wonder what the. I wonder why they did that. Because that's a very atypical. I, I don't. I don't know that I've ever well, heard of anything like that before.
1: I mean, if they're confident, they're not going to use the IP, um, which I think they are. Um, the big thing is is really the reason that that Epic can afford to not really make games most of the time is because the Unreal Engine is where they really make their money um so these are like as much as they are free uh the license and they allow for commercial use the license does explicitly say they can only be used with the unreal engine you can't go export these and pull these into unity so um that is there is some value for them out of it that they really wouldn't get any other way if they you know if they're not going to use paragon for anything um it's just a loss Especially since they get, you know, they gave everyone their money back. Um, but if they let Unreal have, you know, Unreal users use those assets, you know, you might have someone use produce a game with them, um, you know, or you know, and you probably don't want to make a game that's just straight Unreal, you know, Epic assets they gave you. Although people do that, um, but it's it's a good starting point at the very
0: least. It's useful for prototyping. You know, if you're if you're just doing like a build where you're just testing out your game and you don't want to spend the time to produce a ton of you know models and assets you can use stuff that comes with the engine to just kind of you know put a quick alpha together just to kind of try it out and that's useful but you know even if it's not like direct assets using parts of it you know shaders textures that sort of thing lighting uh settings that's that's a big deal you know that that stuff can be used or tweaked for you know final final content production if you know you so choose so like you said zal um it really is an epics best interest to give this for free because if they're not going to use it for something else they can use it as kind of a we're supporting an existing product we're effectively selling i mean it's free to download but their money comes from that product um so it's kind of a way to recoup some of that loss indirectly so i think that it makes sense um but like jay said i, I Really wasn't expecting it. It's 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 pretty cool, you know. Because like I said, a lot of, they had a lot of good looking stuff in that game. It was beautiful, um, and to give it away for free is is real nice. So that's pretty cool.
1: And if you want to make an Overwatch clone, now half the work's done for you.
0: There you go. Just don't do what Battleborn. Did? <laughs> so some people, I'm like, like what's Paragon? Like it's like Battleborn, but prettier but not really much better (laughs) it's just a different different angle of it but yeah
3: to me that's a that's like a fascinating little slice of how things work like you had battleborn paragon and uh you know overwatch and i think there was like one and paladins yeah paladins. all came out you more or less you know kind of in the same window all basically the same game and 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 that, that was like that wasn't even a contest like that wasn't even like a race uh, uh, and I've well, played a couple of these others, and they're certainly not bad.
0: <laughs> no, I, no. I, mean... I think they
1: class a little differently in some cases. I think Paladins is probably m- m- closer to Overwatch in terms of being yeah, uh, more more reliant on FPS gameplay, and then uh, Battleborn, if I'm correct, leans more towards Paragons, like really straight MOBA. interpretation yes
0: battleborn had a lot of the little minion mechanics where you had to you know kill grunts but also kill heroes where um overwatch and paladins is just straight heroes fighting and it it does provide i mean it sounds like a small difference but it really drastically changes how you approach the game and and that sort of thing so yeah so if you're like i said if you're interested in in fiddling around with some of the assets from paragon they are available on the unreal uh marketplace so that comes with the unreal engine if you go and download it and it's uh it's pretty cool stuff um but like I mentioned before, so when Paragon shut down, all of the assets or a lot of the, the people that were working on that game were moved over to Fortnite Battle Royale, which was kind of this smash success. And uh, there was recently an interview this weekend um, about the development of, of uh, Fortnite. So Fortnite was always originally produced as a PvE game, the Save the World campaign, which was this you know uh, tower defense building forts to fight off you know zombie hordes, co-op experience. Um, And they just basically took that engine, they took the zombies out, and they made it kind of a, a PvP experience using the Battle Royale, uh, you know, 100-man, free-for-all sort of thing, but kept a lot of, like, the building elements. So, largely, the entire engine they had was kind of intact, um, and they just added the PvP. Apparently, that whole thing was built in under two months, the PvP aspect. What? Yeah. they. Because literally, there's there's very little difference between the engine of what they did in the Save the World PvE campaign and the PvP, but just some tweaks. So they did that whole thing in two months. And they originally had planned it to be uh, a PvP offering that was built into the price of the early access of $40 for the PvE. So it wasn't originally going to be free. But then they said, well, we got this done in like two months and we really haven't spent much money on it. We could just release it for free. And so marketing kind of made the call that just we're going to make the Battle Royale for Fortnite be free to play. Um, and then we'll try to recoup, you know, what little money we spent on it, you know, with microtransactions. And then the whole thing just went crazy and it just started kicking ass all over the place. So real, <laughs> really surprising. Like, I, I kind of figured that it was a pretty easy switch to do it. But two months is extremely short in terms of game development, like absurdly short. Like They cranked that out like on the weekend pretty much like, cause this thing came out like two months after Fortnite released with early access. So they kind of started it immediately. And then when it came out two months later, they were done good to go with the PVP and they've just been going crazy with it ever since. That's
3: definitely a, I, I would say Fortnite is a surprising little bit of a surprise for me. And, and don't, don't forget that came off of the back of PUBG. G yep. uh, like they, they definitely like shanked, you know, player unknown in the kidney and left him bleeding in the shower and like walked past them.
0: Well, and it's unfortunate for PUBG because they're, because I think it's Bluehole. I think they're the ones that make it. Um, yeah. They are small by most standards, um, not a huge group of people. I mean, it was effectively a fan project built off of, you know, kind of an existing engine that got, you know, tweaked into the Unreal Engine, which is, part of the beef because epic makes unreal and makes fortnite and is directly competing with, with pubg um but then epic comes in with the force of you know their whole studio and just starts hammering away at this thing and then cancels paragon and dumps all of those assets into fortnite it's like blue holes kind of screwed like it's effectively the same gameplay experience but they don't have nearly the development assets or resources that Epic does. And they're going to have a real hard time trying to keep up. And if you look at kind of like concurrent people watching games on Twitch, Fortnite is slaying every game out there by oh, yeah. a large, oh, large yeah. margin. Like PUBG is is down there now. I mean, it's, it's still respectable. I think it's still top 10. But Fortnite is just decimating everything on Twitch right now.
2: And it's really funny to see... Um... Because I think PUBG went to went to phones, um, as did Fortnite. Not too terribly, yeah, not too at terribly the same time. Though.
0: Yep, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's like
2: Epic's just like it, it seems like they're they're going all fuck you, uh, fuck you PUBG.
0: Now I gotta check on this, but I thought I heard someone say that PUBG on mobile is free, yes, whereas is. the PC offering is paid. I'm really wondering if PUBG is realizing that they are not going to be able to compete. I mean, they're going to have a hard enough time as it is, but since PUBG is paid on PC, I'm curious if they're going to go to free-to-play as well and kind of lean more heavily into the, the microtransactions like uh, Fortnite's been doing to, to stay competitive.
2: I don't know. I'm half tempted to download PUBG on, on my phone and just see what all the fuss is about. Uh, so I might do
3: that and, and talk it's, about it. It is I'm a sure. very simple but well-made sort of... Is it? it I mean, it, there's some bugs in it. So, I mean, it's, it, there's nothing elaborate. There's like. It's literally 100 people, get dotted around Big Island, go kill everybody. Last man How, standing. How's the,
2: how's the shooting and everything in it, though? It's not bad. It's not bad. Okay.
3: It, it is... Um, I mean, it's on... it. There, There's... I don't... Like, the couple times I've played, I, I don't really get a sense of, like, a strong aim assist, so it's not like a COD kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's definitely uh, twitchy. It, it's a little twitchy, but you can it just the dynamics of the game you know kind of the h1n1 sort of dynamics um or i think yeah h one n one or or no, the yeah, the daisy yeah yeah that one it kind of gives has some of those sort of vibes to it but it's not it is not bad i mean it's i mean i think the slickest just shooting shooting that i've played in an fps on a console has been probably uh overwatch and destiny uh uh, it's like that's literally like probably the most seamless kind of shooter experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it's in that league, but it's, it's at least as good as like rainbow six. Wow. Okay. Wow.
2: Speaking of H1Z1, I think I heard somewhere this week that that game, uh, also went for you.
0: Uh, yeah, I think I heard that as well. That's a bit of an older one though, isn't it? Mm-hmm.
3: Yes, it is. You know, yeah. you know that's like basically Arma That's Arma reskinned, right? Yeah,
0: I think a lot of these games <laughs> yeah. are Arma reskinned at one yeah. point. no, <laughs> I mean it, it's made
3: by it's made by uh, Bohemia Interactive. What? Is is it really? Yeah, or the or it's one of the derivatives of Bohemia, but yeah, it's. It, I think it's if I'm not mistaken, I Daybreak. think it's literally. I think it's literally like a a, uh, like right out of the same DNA of Arma.
2: No, this is Daybreak, and Daybreak is formerly Sony Online Entertainment.
3: No, no. Or what's one I'm thinking of? Is is it H one Z one or? Are you thinking of um? It's like one of those big fucking. It's kind of a PUBG s sort of Fortnite s, but it's all zombies. Uh,
0: Daisy <laughs> is that what you're thinking of?
3: Maybe, yeah, maybe. Yeah,
0: yeah. Daisy
2: is the Daisy is the straight armor one that is never going to.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because H one Z one is Daybreak Games Company. I'm mm-hmm. looking online right now, so. I don't know. It's all
3: zombie shit to me. Yeah,
0: it's it's <laughs> you know a lot. There's. It was kind of that string of games where you saw a ton of those, where there was H1Z1, DayZ, uh, Seven Days to Die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Seven Seven Days to Die had kind of the Fortnite style um, with the building and that sort of thing. It was a little more, it, it leaned a lot more into the survival aspect, but it was it was like indie textbook, like really painfully indie. <laughs> um, particularly on console, it was absolutely terrible for port. But uh, yeah, but that that one was that was entertaining for a while. I played that one for quite a bit too. It was good. That's cool. Yeah, but uh, yeah, there's a whole slew of those. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, kind of back to Fortnite and, and PUBG. It's it's interesting um, looking at how things have changed because it started as, you know, Fortnite kind of, you know, copying PUBG. And now you're seeing PUBG starting to kind of copy what Fortnite's doing. So we've talked about it a couple of times where Fortnite will release these like limited time events where they kind of put together kind of a, a weird custom match. Like, you know, instead of a hundred... Man, Battle Royale has two teams of 50, or there's, you know, five teams of 20, and they kind of change it up and that sort of thing. And there's a most most recent one coming out. is called Blitz, which I guess is they, like, think of it almost kind of like Mayhem mode in Destiny, where they've ramped up, like, everything to 11. So weapons drop, like, way more often. You get more building materials. The matches end a lot faster. Kind of meant to just drive the speed of the gameplay up a lot more. Um, And that's kind of one of the more recent um, temporary events coming to Fortnite. Well, <laughs> PUBG has recently announced that they're going to start doing limited time events too now. Um, you know, you can look at the wording and interpret it differently. But for the most part, it sounds like it's it's pretty similar to kind of what Fortnite's been doing, where they're going to introduce, you know, kind of a custom game that's been tuned a certain way to kind of change the gameplay in a, in a in a noticeable way and release them kind of as a timed event to kind of keep things fresh and different. So it's interesting to see them now kind of starting to bounce off of each other, you know, using similar ideas and that sort of thing and you know it's 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 gonna be interesting to see how pubg fares um against the much larger epic you know and and what they're doing with fortnite
3: well i mean pubg basically started out as a mod so i don't i don't know that it's gonna i I don't think they're really competing anymore frankly I, i think like the minute that you know that that decision was made by fortnite that i don't think it's really a i don't think it's truly a we're competing now thing um but that's just this kind of the way i look at it i, I, I mean, think that ultimately they're gonna have to come up with something new they can't just ride PUBG out
0: yeah it's if they were still if they still had the steam they had when they first started um maybe but they've dropped now so much in comparison that it's like all right you guys gotta do something a little bit different you know you can't just compete on hey our graphics are are more realistic looking. People don't care that much. So, you know, like, like I said, it'll be interesting to see how they they develop over time.
2: How big is the dev team for PUBG? Do we know? Ooh, it's, not it's, it's
0: not big. It's not big. It's not big. I'd say I I'm, I couldn't give an accurate guess, but it's it's sure. I can tell you it's it's nowhere near what what Epic is putting oh, into no, theirs. Of course not. I so mean, I mean, they were they really were like
3: legit. Is imagine like a a group a small group of prof, you know semi professional like just basically started modding stuff. That's really what it was. I mean, huh. it was not like a full full Monty game.
0: Yeah, no, it's and like I said, with look on Twitch, it's very clear that there's a big difference uh, between, you know, level of interest in terms of who's watching and that sort of thing. Also I'd like to point out that like Destiny 2 is like number 27 on the list. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> that's how far it's dropped to compared to, to you know, Destiny 1. So it's, I, I started watching Twitch. It's interesting to see what's popular in a given moment.
3: They're they're dropping a, a a this month and in May two very very big like uh, you know desperation or not desperation but like like you're know, kind of think you know sinkers of
0: uh,
3: <sighs> content drops and Destiny yeah. here.
0: I don't know if anyone cares enough anymore. I think no, they're, they're I, we're past that threshold of, of recovering, and I think know too. Have you, have it you too. seen
3: their, have you guys seen their numbers in Twitch and uh, Twitch and YouTube? Just general content creator type stuff. They it's terrible. Nobody like there is like a handful of people that are making sporadic anything with Destiny anymore, um, and most of them are are absolutely jumping onto every other game you can find right now to to generate you know, new audiences.
0: Yeah. Cause let me see here. So looking at Twitch's homepage right now. So as of recording right now, Fortnite currently has 248,000 viewers. Um, PUBG is at 57,000. And let me see where uh, overwatch is at 20,000. Actually, they're actually kind of low. I'm surprised by that. And yeah, uh, actually bloodborne's up there too. So yeah. I'm trying to see here. Destiny right now has 2000 viewers on Twitch total. That's about right. Is so that the first one? Des- what do you mean? The first Destiny. Destiny One's numbers actually got better because people Believe liked it, it better. Yeah, <laughs> they, wow. they did.
3: Like no shit, like their numbers, their numbers got better as uh, for they, they got a little bump as Destiny Two numbers went down.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's just it's wild to see that. I mean, I think you were on the episode I talked about it, Jay, but I was like, I just don't care enough about Destiny to really. Bring news updates anymore, so you may not hear anything for a while unless something significant yeah, changes. It have, have
3: to be like taking King level reboot.
0: I, I, this is even where it's at right now is even worse than where Destiny 1 was. Oh, I agree with that around I this day. So, I mean, who knows? Like, yeah, yeah, anyways, I'm not gonna get into it because it's that's a whole pipe dream of, of a mess to talk about. I, but you know, yeah. I'll tell you what,
3: like, I bet, like, in a year from now, you know, we'll look back and and I, I bet that a lot of people watched, uh, I I don't know that I can remember a year that more like anticipated marquee quote unquote, triple a titles have face planted than, than this last year. And and I bet that 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 is changing a lot of things. You're seeing a lot of it in the microtransaction world. There's like a ton of, a ton of, of different ripples going on and how games are, what certain people are pushing and things like that. Like uh, the two big things are how you handle, uh, not necessarily just my, how you handle monetization from your game price up to whatever you're offering with it. And uh, the other big stream that, that's that's come out of a couple things, uh, particularly Destiny 2, is there's a realization that when you're building a big, uh, a big kind of you know, significant game that you want to last for a while, the idea of making it for casual players or making it for hardcore players like that has just about been settled, I think, uh, between a couple of games this year that uh, the the thing that you have to make your game for is really the people that are going to be there with you the longest and spending the most money. And that's not casual players.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's fascinating, especially when that report came out where like on the microtransaction thing where the game got restarted 18 months before launch to rebuild it specifically to be more centered around yep. Eververse. I'm like, guys, <laughs> like that is the problem. Um, you probably had a decent product, and then you just decide to take five steps backwards and just make it awful. Um, it's it just, makes ugh. me wonder what
3: Anthem's going to look like. I <laughs>
0: have you been watching what's happening with the developers on that yeah, that project? That, that thing, no
3: on the outside it looks like it's coming apart at the seams like what's going on with
0: anthem developers are fleeing the project like you got people quitting like <laughs> i think like last week it's like five different people left the project in that one week alone and one of them was like the lead writer who was the guy that did um he was doing the lead writing for the project and he he's the guy that did uh he did mass a lot effect, of the massive mass yeah, two. The
3: actual writing the actual story writing for mass effect and halo oh uh, shit yeah, yeah, he and he's he's actually, big, he actually publishes guy. novels. Yeah, he he does like a lot of like novelization type stuff for the games. Uh, his name's uh, Drew Carpation. Yes, and he uh, when he leaves, that's like that makes it, it could be that maybe his part was done. But I don't, I don't know. There's a lot of people they keeping say, mom about this right now.
0: They said his part was done, but I feel like that was lip service. Like, yeah, I don't know. It just seems really weird. Um, and it's funny because you mentioned Skill Up earlier. Skill Up started doing a, kind of a... A webcast with his brother, I think it is, and they were talking about Anthem, and they're like, "Well, the game looks like it's probably going to be shit, but at least you know, at least this guy's doing the story. So the story will be pretty good." And then, like the <laughs> next day, he it came out that he quit. They come back, they're like, "Okay, yeah, screw it, we're not interested at all anymore. <laughs> like if he's not involved all the way. Like it's a, it's going to be a mess." So yeah, no Anthem is one where, and then that's being done by Bioware, right?
1: Yeah, that is yeah. This is their their hope at. Undoing the fact that they did Mass Effect
3: Andromeda, basically.
0: And I mean, if this thing crashes, EA is going to. This is EA what, is they, this kill is what them. they took
3: a lot of people off of Mass Effect to do. Like this. Oh. This is literally, if you go back and look, kind of the the post mortem of Mass Effect, like Andromeda, a whole lot of resources were pulled midstream to go to Anthem. So this this is going to be where you're like, now you, I guarantee, there's a lot of people that are like. Wow, uh, how's this bet gonna pay off? Yeah.
0: I'm I'm looking at Anthem just thinking this thing's gonna detonate on arrival. It's gonna be a mass effect Andromeda where I, people are hyped. I hope.
3: Ugh. I just I hope that that they're that they're taking a clue like EA like if you if EA had released Star Wars Battlefront two in the shape it is now after the patch they just let out where they basically reworked the entire progression of the game and everything's unlocked now and it's 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 uh, like uh, vanity items only as as microtransaction stuff. Like all the fucking star cards went away. All the you know they they reworked. It's literally a new game now. Um, if they had released the game in that state, it, it, like we'd have been we'd be in a different world right now. But I think because that because that splashed so hard, that had that I believe that's clearly created a fork in the road in terms of how games are moving forward with monetization right now.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and and my fear is is that Anthem has been structured heavily around a similar model, um, kind of in along the lines of you know somewhere between like Destiny two and Battlefront two. Do
3: you think maybe they're they've learned though from watching all this that, that they're. Yeah. they're, they're doing Kind of it's, a last minute. I don't know. Create correction <laughs> on it.
0: I don't know. I mean, it's EA, man. Like they've been doing this shit for a long time. Granted, they've never been burned this bad like they were with Battlefront 2. But, you know, it, it's one of those things where I'm like, hey, it could be a miracle. But yeah, maybe I, I don't I don't think it's going to come out and do as well as they need it to or they hope it to. And that could be real bad news for Bioware in the end, because um, this would be the second one in a row that that could potentially flop really bad and is a very high profile you know, product.
3: Yeah, no, you might you might be onto it, man. But yeah, well, I, I, just,
0: I hope I hope they've
3: maybe looked at looked at what's been going on the last year. I, I can't imagine that they're not, to be honest. with
0: you. I, I'm sure they are. It's just a matter of how far they're willing to go to move away from whatever they were doing. Because um, I mean, marketing mm, and sales
1: fair. teams are incredibly powerful, and so you know there might be that the developers know this is a bad idea but can they stop the business people from ruining yeah, the game
0: no no that's fair so yeah no that'll be that's one that i'm i'm watching pretty closely cuz i'm i'm real curious i mean the concept it sounds cool like it shows cool like if it was good this is the kind of game i would play but uh you know it's ea so you never know what's going to turn out to be like um, i hope they've learned their lesson but we'll we'll keep an eye on it let you guys know
2: well it's going to be at E3 this year
3: so well,
0: hopefully, we'll yeah. see. It. <laughs> I, I don't know. The, the biggest thing on the
3: horizon that I'm really looking for, I, like, I am interested in Red Dead Redemption and stuff. like uh, yeah. Thing. But what I really am starting to have some serious hope for, believe it or not, which is a strong word in video game land, uh, is actually Cyberpunk 2077. Yes. You know, I'm a, I'm a massive fan of CD project red. Cause they, yep. you want to talk about guys that literally like that's like that. Their story is fascinating. They literally didn't know how to make a video game. They were, they're not professional developers when they started and they became a, like they three guys got together that did not know how to, they did not know how to code. They were not, they just went out and hired other people that, that apparently did. And they steered that ship and they're still the same guys in charge. And if and and they are doubling down hard on on 20, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven right now. Uh, they are absolutely adamant in their messaging. What kind of game that's going to be uh, in terms of this is going to be we we think we owe you at least as big, immersive and expansive as Witcher three in this world. So I'm I'm pretty I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty spo- you know like stoked on that. Like I remember the original uh, RPG. You know, Cyberpunk 2077. It wasn't like, when I, I think, you know, so, uh, Shadowrun was by far one of my most favorite kind of cyberpunk-y sort of games. But that had a very different sort of uh, vibe to it with that fantasy aspect in it. But I tell you, this could be, you know, if they do this right, this could be a killer game. This could be absolutely killer.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's not a ton of information about that one, but with with their history of what they've done, set with a setting that I really, really like, and I know you're a big fan too. This could be really, really solid. Um, I kind of regret not getting into the Witcher series um as much as I would have liked to, but you know, just from what I've seen and heard, it makes me very, very excited for what they're coming up with for this one. So e three um hopefully will be very you know eventful and they can give it some good information because I'm very excited for this one as well. yeah
2: no, if you can get past how the combat works uh as far as uh from a control standpoint of those <coughs> excuse me of those first two witcher games then you really should play them if you if you
3: haven't um, have you played witcher 3 wild hunt i i have played a little bit of it and uh it's way better than the first two it in is, terms of like you're way better it
2: is, yes it, it absolutely is it it works better um, trying to do combat and trying to, to switch stuff. It, it's great. Um, it, it's the best. It's the best one that they've done as far as as far
3: as how you play the game, If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I mean, the story in it's like mm-hmm. fucking phenomenal, though. Yeah. No, I mean all all the games are like that as far
2: as the story goes.
0: Yeah, for sure. No, I think it'll be a good one. So moving along real quick here, uh, obviously, as the viewers know, we, we do have some ties to CCP games and, and kind of what they're working on. But I did want to talk about uh, a developer who was actually one of the first developers that worked on EVE Online. So he's been back there at CCP since 1999, so it's, it's been a while. Um, so I'm not going to try to pronounce his first name because I'll botch it and I'm going to try to say the last name. I apologize for screwing it up. It's going to be uh, Carson. You can tell he's very Icelandic. Um, so he's joined up with French developer uh, named Nova Cork, not to be confused with Project Nova. That's a CCP title. This is um, like the name of the developer is Nova Cork, And he is working on a game called Dual Universe. And it's kind of been in the works for a while. It started as a Kickstarter. Uh, and it's been described basically as kind of part EVE Online, part Minecraft. So the idea is that you have a large scale single shard universe that people all share, like a single server. Um, But the planets that you can land on the planets and it's all like voxels. So it's like Minecraft, basically, where you can like collect resources, you build stuff in cities and ships. And it's all just basically one giant Minecraft server effectively, but with, you know, Eve style spaceships and that sort of thing. Um, And apparently it's going to be like millions of planets, um, which is significantly less than 18 Quintrillion Planets, um, which means it might have a chance of being successful. Um, but, uh, you know, it it seems very ambitious. Um, but I thought it was interesting that uh, the, one of the guys who started EVE Online is actually over there working on this now. So I'll probably pass this one off to my brother, because um, he is a Minecraft fan. He'd probably get a kick out of it. He played a lot of... Uh, what was it called? Uh, space Engineers, which is kind of a similar idea, where you were, you know, using blocks and stuff to build spaceships and go on to plans and that sort of thing. But, uh, yeah, no, I thought it was kind of cool. Um, interesting to see do you, do you know some his, of that talent. Do you know his
1: CCP dev name?
0: Ooh, I do not know off the top of my head. Let me see here.
1: Because I don't know, like, CCP devs by their, like, actual, like, human names.
0: Hard, hard to pronounce names.
1: Dude, this game is so pretty looking.
0: Let me look here. I'm looking at, like, the, the original, uh, Photo they took in 2000.
2: Yeah, we'll have to get some of this, uh, some of this gameplay in the in the show notes because this is really like which one? This is dual universe.
3: Oh yeah, 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 dude. Like, well, uh, when he said Minecraft, like, like he meet, like my brain immediately went to the the super blocky. No, that's it's not. This is not well, what it looks like. <laughs> oh, it's not.
2: No, are you watching this? Uh, this uh, are are you watching gameplay for it now, Jay?
3: I, I watched some, some a little bit earlier when okay. I saw it in the in the original show notes, but yeah, it did. Like, it did not look like. Because EVE Online, let's be real, is not known for like stunning visuals necessarily, and neither is Minecraft. So Mm -hmm. when I saw those two words, like my brain sort of kicked into a, like I, I had a very preconceived notion of what I thought it was going to be. It is, it is. It is not I'm not like sure how that. to
0: describe it, but it
3: is it is not that.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, it's. I meant more in the sense that it's you can shape terrain and build things, and it's you're not confined to you know dealing with existing terrain. You can kind of you know make it what you want. In many ways, it's it's kind of like what they were showing with like you know No Man's Sky, right? But like with actual stuff to do. It's like <laughs> it's like Ark
2: Survival minus dinosaurs with No yeah. Man's Sky.
3: I, I yeah. I kind of I kind of drew. I, I think the No Man's Sky. thing is probably with the best. It, it's definitely a, a a different shade of No Man's Sky, mm-hmm. but it's pretty it's pretty solid.
2: It's like No Man's Sky delivered on all of their promises and cut out all of their planets.
3: Yeah, yeah, there you go. That's <laughs> not, not all fair. of them.
2: Just, just like most of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. like, I'm like I'm watching this gameplay of uh, one of the one of the devs and he's walking through this forest and he pans up. To this moon and like outside of the moon uh is this is this gigantic space station that looks like it's sitting in atmosphere, of the planet the it's Absolutely stunning the scale of, of the game.
0: Yeah, I think it's one of those ones where it's very ambitious, but not to the extreme that you sometimes see. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see this potentially panning out. Like I said, you know, you look at games like Space Engineers who took what no man's sky was trying to do and actually made it reasonable and way more interesting by putting things to actually do in it it wasn't to the same you know 18 quadrillion planets insanity because that's kind of stupid after a while um but it was kind of that idea of like hey you can go down to any planet you can you know build on it that sort of thing i think this is kind of trying to deliver on that same promise but without being ridiculous in what it's trying to say so, yeah, that, that was an interesting one. I just, It kind of popped up just in my feed because CCP was involved. I was like, oh, okay, that's... Sorry, CCP is not involved in this, but a developer from CCP that used to work there is involved in this. Um, so kind of something to keep an eye on. Uh, like like Bates said, check out the gameplay. It's, it's kind of interesting. You know, it has some promise. We'll see kind of how it develops, and I thought it was cool that it was originally a Kickstarter. So it's always fun to see those things take off uh speaking of eve online though uh zell you mentioned this came up a couple weeks ago and you just thought you kind of wanted to talk about it briefly so there's a new fleet commander ship in eve i'm kind of curious what this is all about yeah so they
1: they uh basically the issue that they've had and i i don't know if i agree this is an issue i think it's good strategy um but anyways so you've got a fleet and you know eve ships they tend to just like take like a couple hundred identical ships and and point them all at the same target and fire um but what is happening is that uh, in in well known fleets and alliances, uh, you know you know who their their fleet commanders are. So they will target the fleet commander first and headshot the fleet, so that the you know that you you pod the the fleet commander and they can't direct the battle, and so things start to kind of lose cohesion. And so as an attempted solution to this perceived problem, uh, CCP announced that they want to make this ship called the Monitor, which is insanely over tanked for its class to be incredibly hard to kill, uh, but completely unable to do any damage. It like literally because they wanted it to get on kill males. And that was a big concern. They gave it like a laser pointer that does like a non-existent amount of damage, but will put it on the kill board. Um, if it fires it at things, um, but it's just intended to make it really hard to headshot the FC, uh, while removing its ability to really, uh, be combat viable
3: hmm yeah, i'm not really sure that this is i'm yeah. kind of you know, this, this sounds like uh a solution to a problem that doesn't exist uh yep. just i mean yeah the way i look at it well, it's like it's traditional
0: like, military tactics you take out the officer to kind of you know mess up with communication lines and that sort of thing it seems like it's operating currently as it should be yeah you're kind of shoehorning in a, a solution to a non-issue
2: and the bonuses for it are really stupid as far as the row bonuses go. It's 100% res- uh, resistant to ECM, so you're not going to be able to make it lose target. There's a 300, 300% bonus to target painter optimal. Uh, and then the reduction of the target painter effectiveness, and then it's like 70% resistant to dams, painters, newts, and gnosis, which is so stupid.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I don't, I don't think I really agree with that choice, yeah. but... Eh. It is what it is. I don't play Eve, so I, I can't really speak much on it. I just know from what I, I did back in the day. Yeah,
1: I mean, I, I think the, the what they need to do is it needs to be balanced so much that, you know, there's there's a significant downside to using it so that people will have to weigh what, what they want to do. Whether or not they want to, you know, reduce the risk their FC gets killed, but, you know, reduce their fleet's overall power in, in that way.
0: I guess it's just yeah, it's a little strange, but uh, yeah, it is what it is. is. Um, will kind of see how it uh, how it actually affects things if it's any noticeable change, or if it's just everyone shrugs their shoulders and continues on. You know. So moving along real quick here, I want to talk about briefly the Monster Hunter World, just kind of your weekly update, what's going on. Uh, so the big big patch came in the on the twenty second, which included the Devil Joe update. So this is a new monster that they've added to the game for free. It is a reoccurring uh, monster that first appeared in Monster Hunter Three, so um, it's nostalgic for those who played that game. I I didn't play that game, but you know I was still pretty excited to get some new content and get the the new guy in there. Um, he's awesome and terrifying because he's really strong. <laughs> he um, his whole thing is that their like metabolism, I guess, is, like off the charts, so they have to eat constantly, and so like they will try to eat like mid fight to heal themselves. So I'm like hunting this guy, right? and uh this this great Jaggers, which is like what the first monster you ever fight and he's kind of this like whipping boy because he's tough when you first meet him and then he's just stupid easy to kill later on um so he always gets his ass kicked by everything else and so this devil joe is trying to eat him like alive and i interrupted him so the devil joe didn't want to put him down because he's trying to eat him so he proceeded to beat me to death with the great jaggers in his mouth um finally gave up threw it on the ground and kicked it at me and that killed me um, so it, it was pretty good. Um, I can understand why they call him the Murder Pickle, because he looks like a pickle on legs, but he is really terrifying, so um, that got added. It's a lot of fun. Um, I'm looking forward to the more stuff I keep adding to the game, because again, it's all free, which is nice. Um, they also came through with some weapon balance improvements. Uh, I don't play all 14 weapon types, because that's insane. Um, not quite there yet. I'm working on my second one right now to kind of learn that, but uh, between me and the people I play with, um, all of the changes feel like positive changes, there, but they're fair. They're not like over the top. So um, just good quality of life improvements overall with kind of the balancing. Uh, and also there is a couple new events this week. So one is a Tempered Devil Joe. Um, God help you. It's terrifying and very easy to get one-shotted. Uh, and then there's also one called Greeting for the Gluttons, which if you do it, you'll get a number of meal tickets, which are useful to use in the canteen because it lets you proc a lot of the meal skills um, whenever you want, rather than relying on the the random chance for it to work. So good one to farm if you're running low on meal tickets. I do suggest you kind of check that one out. Uh, And also the spring event is coming soon. I don't have the date uh, on hand right now, but I think it's coming next week or so. Uh, The spring event is just kind of a a quarterly festival they have. Um, All of the previous events that have occurred since the launch of the game will all be available at the same time, so if you missed any, you can go back and do it. Um, I also think that if you were unable to access the uh, Street Fighter one, because you didn't have Street Fighter V data on your uh, PS4 or whichever you're playing on, you can also get access to that now. So you know if you missed out before, you can get it so you can get the Ryu and the Sakura uh, skins for your characters. So that should be pretty cool.
3: Yeah, that's cool.
0: Yeah, it's kind of nice to kind of do a recap of all the events in case you missed them, not overly punishing about it.
3: They've had a couple, uh, like, like a recent balance pass too as well, right?
0: Yep. Yep. They're pretty good. Um, some are Any, fantastic. Changes?
3: Uh,
0: the one that I really cared about or two of my early because I, I played with insect glaive and the switch ax, um, insect glaive before, when you'd mount a monster and you had your like extract buffs running, the timer on those would keep running while you were mounted. So you, you know, down the monster from the mount and then jump off, but your buffs were gone. So you couldn't take advantage of it being down. Uh, that timer no longer runs while you're mounted. So you, you aren't screwed when you finally hop off and have your chance to do damage. Uh, The other one was when you do the elemental discharge with the switch axe, you kind of jump and latch on the side of the monster and do your big combo. Um, It gives you earplugs for now skill, so they can't just roar you off every time that they usually do. really nice like it's just it's those little things that just frustrated you like you felt like the game was just
3: okay being mean
0: you know but it it wasn't over the top where i felt like wow this is broken now it's just like yeah that was kind of annoying and it's like now that doesn't happen anymore so that's nice uh so i think the last thing we've got real quick Zal. um so the hgc vive is coming out with a pro version of their headset do you want to talk about that real quick i'm not as familiar as you are
1: um Yeah, it's just uh, it's a little bit better. And um, but it's insanely expensive there. The original $800 price point is going for the um, just the headset without the controllers or the beacons. So um, yeah, like uh, you need like $1,300 to buy the whole set if you don't have parts for it.
0: But you can still use all of the sensors and stuff from the original one, right? You don't need like pro sensors or that sort of thing? That's correct. Okay, so it's just the headset that's getting the upgrade. Okay, well that's good to know. Um, Obviously, I'm not going to jump on that because that's the (laughs) same. I get most of my VR uh, fun from my brother's PSVR, which is good enough for me for right now. So, you know, but I'm always curious to see where they're they're going with this stuff as they move forward. Besides that, I think we were going to do a review of Superhot, but we're kind of running long on time. So we're probably going to push that one off to next week. So I don't want to go too much longer here. Uh, anything else you guys want to touch on real quick before we go into shout outs? No, I'm good. All right. Sounds good. So uh, I guess I'll start. So I guess I'll do my shout out to uh, CCP Falcon. So he's the community guy over at CCP. Um, so for those of you who aren't aware, I don't think I've actually talked about it much on the show. Um myself and Livy will be going to uh FanFest, you fanfest this year. Um we're actually going to be there on the 10th, so I guess that's 15 days or so from now. Uh so we'll be traveling to Iceland and be there in person. Um CCP was gracious enough to give us free tickets because of our association with biomass. So we do get to get into the convention for free. I don't have to I have to pay for you know plane tickets and hotel, but we did get into the convention for free. So that's that's pretty nice of them. So shout out to them for for kind of getting us in there. It was nice to to be recognized as, you know, an official news outlet for um, for gaming and that sort of thing by by them. Because it, it did save me quite a bit of money, which is nice. But we will be doing that. I'll be doing kind of a full video blog of our trip there. And I'll, of course, be in on all the information. I'm kind of working with some of the developers to to get some cool stuff set up for you guys. And we'll, you know, we'll get that all patched out uh, when we get back from the trip. So I think I'm going to be there for about a week. We're staying a little bit later to kind of enjoy... Uh, Iceland beyond, you know, space nerd stuff because uh, it's a beautiful place. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get a lot of stuff back to you and I'll get you some more details next week in terms of what we have planned and that sort of thing. So it should be good. Um, also, shout out to, you know, all you guys here. It's been crazy. 200 episodes kind of crept up on me. I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, about three weeks ago, I was like, wow, we're we're getting close to that. So, you know, it's it's been a lot of fun, guys. And I again, I always like to appreciate, you know, everything you do in our... Our you know 100 and 200 episodes and our annual you know uh, anniversary for this stuff. You guys are great, and I look forward to doing this every week. So you know, shout out to you guys as well. Awesome. All right, Cell so, you're up, buddy.
1: Shout out to Pokey for doing the editing for me, so I didn't have to this week. And I'll probably be stuck doing it moving forward. I'll give you more shout outs later, though. <laughs> That's All fair. Right. Totally Bait,
0: fair. Bate, you're up, man. Yeah, I'd like to
2: uh, to give a shout out to. Uh... My my real life friends, we uh, we went to a a formal event um, on Friday. Uh, there was there was much dancing and then uh, waffle house and then prom school. Dude, we got fucking hammered too, so that was always fun. It was huh? your prom, uh <laughs> No, it wasn't. It was a friend of mine. She uh, she asked me to go. I went. Uh, had a good time. Got hammered. Um, so shout out to to all my friends. Uh, and then shout out to y'all. Um, it, this is something that, that i really do enjoy doing coming on you know getting to talk with y'all about common interests um so it, i i do enjoy uh, doing this and and getting some of the some of the uh, lighthearted shit thrown at me so thanks guys
0: good stuff all right jay closing remarks
3: uh yeah okay so i i, I will give a, a quick shout out to all my uh all my Fellow fellow uh, biomassers, if you will, or biomaniacs, whatever we're calling you today. Uh, it is it is legitimately a lot of fun. It's like a it's just, this is definitely a good uh, a good conversational sort of show that we have. and And in all fairness, as much as we like and and we we really, you know this is a bit of a hobby for us. Uh, it is fun when we get to interact with people either via social media, social media or email or whatever, or bringing people on the show. And I mean, we we are not like uh, obviously we're not uh, you know super well known like top five game podcast in the world kind of thing with you know 16 million followers. Uh, but the few people that, that do listen to us here and there or that drop in and out of the show is probably more of how I was describing one time is like, you know, they, they pay attention to a little bit of what's going on in the show and, and they kind of cherry pick a little bit about what we do. I kind of, uh, you know, I just appreciate those folks, even though you don't get really meet or talk to a lot of them, it is kind of fun. It, it's kind of neat. And, and just being around in today's day and age where you can uh, have an interest, even in a relatively, you know, relatively niche one, and you can have an outlet for it we can share that interest with other people um you know in in a very broad spectrum way i think it's kind of cool so shout out to uh all the folks that have been on biomass and my co-hosts and uh, all the folks out there that uh, that occasionally download us off the itunes or catch us on the on the twitters
0: sounds good man all right guys well you know as always thank you for tuning in thanks for being here and if you have any comments or you know suggestions for for topics or you want to be on the show do let us know you know we're, we always appreciate you listening in and your comments and your your viewership is always appreciated so let us know and we'd we'll love to have you but uh, for now be safe out there and we'll see you next week